This segment of Off the Hosel is powered by SaskGolfer.com. He gave it away. Coulter scores. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 25 of Off the Hosel. My name is Drew Koser. I am your host and I'm joined yet again by my co-host, Troy Koser. hey This is a, yeah, this is a John Rom podcast today as, as he is number 25 in the FedEx Cup standings. That's a new little thing we're going to start now, Troy, I think. Uh, we're going to go off uh, whatever podcast we are that day. It's going to be the guy that's in the FedEx uh or in that FedEx Cup placement, I guess. What happens when we get to like 157th episode? We'll call the PGA. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, quickly here, before we get going here today, we are very excited, and obviously everyone would have saw on the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we are number six in Canada for all golf podcasts. That is a lot of help from all of you listening to my stupid voice right now. Yeah, guys, thanks for uh, sharing, subscribing, and Telling people to have a listen, it uh, means a lot to us. Number six out of 126 golf podcasts in Canada. So thanks, guys. Yeah, we can't thank you guys enough. And obviously all our sponsors, so uh, thanks so much. Uh, Troy, wow, it's it's Wednesday morning. How was your weekend? It was just We just had Father's Day. Uh, I, I, I just quickly, before we ask you how your weekend was, we want to say uh, a happy birthday, or I just belated to our sister, uh, Lindsay Koser, Lindsay Bryanton, I guess, sorry. Uh, that I don't know how old she turned, but we'll leave that out. But um, she, <laughs> her birthday was uh, on Tuesday, so happy birthday, sis! Happy birthday, D. So, um, anyhow, Troy, how was your yeah? How was your weekend? Eh, it wasn't too bad. Started out Friday. We, uh, you and I, went out to Deer Valley. Thanks again, boys. Yeah, we took out two lucky guests that, uh, or, yeah, just guests and listeners that came uh, golf with us. One was a good buddy of mine, Daniel Wapple. Uh, former Regina Pat, uh, Mad Hat Tiger, Vancouver Giant. He he's played everywhere, so he probably did own a suitcase company. But um, yeah, and Troy, yeah, Tyrone Wenland came out, and yeah, it was the two young bucks versus the old men. Great and, day though. Oh, it was a beautiful day for golf. Course was in great shape. Yeah, thanks Greeno, thanks Sammy. It was great. Yeah, it was uh, awesome as always. Thanks to uh, our good sponsors over at uh, Deer Valley there. So, but you know, Drew, I was saying to you earlier, uh, eighteen holes of golf, right? That's how many holes there are, right? Yep. And I had eight pars, right? Yep. And I shot 91. Uh, <laughs> two two hockey sticks on the front, back to back, and a quad bogey on the, what was it, 15th? Oh, Lord, 91 with eight pars. And you, I know what you shot, so yeah, go I, ahead and brag. Go no, ahead. I, I was just a humble brag. Yes, I was 71, but I, I wasn't that, uh, what isn't happy? I mean, it was good weather, and I started the day at, what, 300 through 5, and um, or maybe 300 through six. I don't know what it was. Anyhow, played well, course in great shape, uh, did out and play uh, Deer Valley there. So, uh, moving forward though, uh, I was also on the ice, uh, on Mon- uh, last Monday, I guess. Wow. Was you, that a, I felt like a, a deer on ice. Uh, well, I haven't put skates on in months and months and months and months. I mean, how was it for you? I got on the ice. Actually, before I got on the ice, we're in the change room getting out. It's all the weird, obviously, with COVID rules. You know, the kids are getting changed in the parking lot and walked in with their gear on. The girls are walking in. It's kind of funny. And the first one, the first puck goes off the glass, and the kid goes, oh, I missed that sound. 
<laughs> so true, right? It's been it was three and a half months. It was crazy. I, I felt awful the first five seconds. I was like, I might need a helmet on the ice right now. Like I was, it was bad. Though, and the boys listening right now, I know the boys listen to this podcast. The passing was brutal. Um, I get it though. It's three months off, but hey, you're supposed to be uh, studs. So yeah, let's, let's, let's pick it up there, guys. Come on now. <laughs> hey, Drew, you uh, you had asked me about the weekend. We only got to Friday, so maybe we should talk about Saturday and Sunday still. <laughs> oh hey? yeah. Uh, Saturday for myself, we had uh, we had a barbecue and some beers at my wife's aunt's place there, and played some cards. So it was pretty pretty tame Saturday night. And Sunday, of course, was Father's Day. Uh, you know, went and saw Dad. I know you were there because you helped me transport something. So uh, yeah, no, it was it was pretty quiet weekend, enjoyable though. Nice weather. Uh, what what did you get up to Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, I guess I uh, went out to the beach with uh, a bunch of my good buddies there. Uh, the Chirp City Hockey Club team. Uh, check them out on Twitter and Instagram. We're pretty solid. Uh, I got absolutely buckled for uh, two days there. So I uh, was feeling pretty sore Monday morning at my new job. So uh, played some golf Sunday as well. Um, played a money match and I uh, ended up uh, taking some cash home. So yeah, it was good. You took some cash home. Hello, friends. Speaking of cash, Zaba Financial has long supported golf in Saskatchewan through competition and sponsorship. Zaba Financial has also been giving financial advice since 1987. The Zaba team helps people live a life of fulfillment and financial stability now and in retirement. Whether it's growing your net worth with their exclusive investment strategy, lowering taxes, creating intergenerational wealth, or making sure life has zero interruptions with insurance, Zaba Financial can help. Visit zabafinancialgroup.ca to see how financial advice is better with Team Zaba. Alrighty, Troy, let's uh, segue into some golf talk now. Uh, the PGA, this past weekend, the RBC Heritage Open, and the winner of that tournament was Mr. Webb. Samson! So Webb uh, dominates the field. I mean, he, I don't know, the last three or four holes, he makes birdies in three of the last four, and yeah, really uh, put a dent on the rest of the field. Yeah, and you know, he claimed his second title on Father's Day. I can't remember, I think it was seven years ago he won the U.S. Open. So yeah, congrats, Webb. Uh, I know you and I... Well, we were cheering for someone else and finished uh, second place all alone. Hell of a turn by Abe, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you know, Abe answer, uh, what, he hit 18 greens on the last day, and I think he missed seven all week. So, you know, they're close. I and mean, we, we both talked to Dale. You know, they, like, they're they close. They're, it's it's right there. It's, and, it's coming. I mean. and, and, and obviously Abe, is he's 11th on the Fetters Cup right now, so he, he's doing great things. And obviously we're a little biased, but, I mean, hey, uh, congrats to Webb, and obviously we're we're rooting for Abe's to get one of those wins, and uh, hopefully get uh, both of them on the podcast after they uh, they win. How did so, uh, how did uh, Corey do? I was just curious. Yeah, Peppers. I, I, so was... Peps, uh, you know, um, Connors finishes a T twenty one, another solid week. Uh, he, actually, I talked to Kyle after the round, and he just said, you know what, nothing was going right uh, that day for uh, Corey. Uh, actually, I was watching some of the highlights after, and there was a couple Alexander Shoffley uh, putts that ripped around full three sixties on him. Felt kind of bad, but you know, two good weeks in a row for pa- for Peppers and uh, and and Connors. So uh, down the line, uh, Hadwin finishes forty one. Hughes at T seventy, and Mr. David Hearn uh, ended up missing the cut. Um, other than that, though, solid week for those guys. Um, good, good to have golf back on TV. Oh man, it's um, yeah. I actually, hate, I want to talk about uh, Nick Wani quickly though. That was kind of scary. I mean, was it day day two, and he gets obviously his first test came back blank. And he ends up uh, testing positive for uh, COVID-19. 
Uh, I think, what was he? Yeah, well, he had to withdraw from the tournament. Um, imagine being those guys playing with him, though, and finding that, oh, I think it was actually at the turn. Yeah, and I'm not sure if his caddy had it too. Oh, really? Yeah, I seen it on Twitter. I was reading about it that the caddy, I believe, is now being confirmed that he has uh, COVID. Wow, okay. Well, I, I was when I saw that happen, I was like, oh, God. I mean, it's only to be now the next guy and the next guy and they're shut down golf, but um, that's not the case, obviously. And I, I was actually talking to Kyle again the other day, and he said that he's just getting ready for another saliva test uh, as he's on the road to the next event. Um, over in uh, TPC River Highlands at the Travelers there. Excited for this one. Who do you got? Who do you think him? Mm, I hate to say it, but I'm going to have... Yeah. As much as I root for Abe, I'm I'm going to say DeChambeau. Yeah, Bryson's playing some unbelievable golf as well. Or even, you know, even Berger. He's playing back-to-back weeks. He's played... So yeah. He won the first week, and now he's... And he came out of nowhere yesterday, too. He just started lighting it up. And, you know, I mean, actually, here's a guy I'm thinking of. I don't think... I think he's playing right now. Uh, Day, uh, I like. Obviously, want him to win. Uh, Fino, um, and obviously Abe. We like to Is see Fino him. even in this past week. I don't think he played this past week. I'm not too sure. I didn't look at the full uh, full field after uh, we got a little uh, excited for Abe there, so I didn't uh, get a full look at it. But uh, any any uh, more uh, PJ talk there, Troy? Uh, no, I think we're good. Okay, well, let's move along now to uh, Saskatchewan Golf. Um, you know, I think the the last tournament up in Saskatoon was supposed to be the oh, the Central Am, I think it was. It has now obviously been canceled. But good news from Golf Sass last week. Um, you know, they announced that we will be having our, our championships, our amateur events, which is awesome. And, you know, one of the bigger ones that I'm a huge, huge advocate for, and I love playing in it. And it's actually at a course that's, scared to go back and play it's it's not a fun course in the wind it's a very nice course though love it love going there when it's calm and that course would be uh warman the the legends up in warman and that tournament would be on july 21st 24th i would imagine that that this might be one of the biggest fields in in all the years well for sure it's the first one and if it's wide open and i mean yeah you're gonna have everybody there so I'm excited. Um, I mean, I mean, again, I'll just brag about myself, I guess, a little bit. I mean, I'm playing well right now, and I really want to, you know, this would be the year that I'd win, and, and, and you can't go to Nationals. <laughs> so that'd be my year to get a whole one and go to Nationals, and or sorry, win the AM, and you can't go. So, it'd be like the year that, you know, we won the, the uh, Provincials for Adult Safe Hockey, and we're exactly. all jacked to go to Nationals, right? We go up to Saskatoon for Provincials, we win it, and where do we end up playing Nationals, Drew? In Regina. Yeah, Regina. Home base. And did we win? No, we lost. No, we lost. We I had uh, a few stitches in the face and oh, yeah. buckled knee and, <laughs> you know, the joys of being a little bit older than you. So, yeah. Um, so quickly here, um, before we get to our guests today, um, I want to talk about, obviously, we have a couple of guests lined up as well. And I will say them as the following Wednesday, we will be dropping Mr. Barry Melrose. Um He's our relative somehow through marriage, I believe, correct? Second cousin. Second yeah. cousin. So thanks to Brady uh, Melrose who uh, hooked us up with uh, his contact information. Uh, that, that's going to be an awesome one for us. We're excited for it. And also my good buddy, uh, Daniel Crane, it's up in Nippon, Tisdale area. They own the DQs. Send some uh, DQs our way there, uh, Dano. But, uh, pizza, pizza. <laughs> he hooked us up with uh, Eric Graba, former NHLer, Scheller uh, with the Oilers and many other teams. He, I've been talking the last couple of days here. He's an absolute weapon. I'm excited for that interview, as you are as well. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, 
let's chat about uh, what we got going on here. Yeah, Drew. So, just wondering, have you ever played golf up in Candle Lake? I have not. You haven't, eh? Have you no. seen pictures of it? Uh, now I have. Yep. It's beautiful. It looks great. I just wanted to let all our listeners know if they head over to Hook, Line, and Sinker on Facebook, we'll uh, we'll put the link at the bottom of our Facebook post, Twitter post, Instagram post, which is. Sorry, everyone. Facebook's off the hosel. Twitter and Instagram is both underscore off the hosel. Go check out the link for Hook, Line, and Sinker. He's got an ultimate golf package right now for uh, Candle Lake. He's selling spots for, I believe, $30 a piece. There's 60 total spots. It's unlimited golf for two days. You get two nights uh, at a cabin or townhouse. 24 beer, swag bags from player. Um... It's the real deal. Like it is one hell of a package. I for know I for thirty bucks. I know I've bought in a spot already. Um, I think he's gonna be doing another Candle Lake one. And if any of our listeners have any ideas of where they would like a golf and stay and play package, they should shoot us a message and we'll pass it along. Is that it? I think that's it. That's pretty good. I mean, uh, it sounds like I, I saw the photo. I saw the post already. Looks unbelievable. Um, yeah, so uh, sorry, everyone. If if you want to get in on the action, just click the link and you'll have to join the group, I guess, is how you get access to this. And this isn't like a uh, scam, put your credit card number in there so me and Drew can make more money off you guys or anything. So <laughs> Maybe it is. Well, but it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> but yeah, no, just click the link, join the group, go look through the page. There's there's lots of stuff on there. And uh, yeah, that's that's that for the Candle Lake package. Yeah, so get uh, get your thirty dollars out and go uh, purchase one of those. I mean, it's a no brainer, I think. And for I mean, what you all did out of it for thirty bucks, it's a uh, yeah, no brainer. Uh, moving on now. I mean, we're running a little on here, but we're gonna send it on over to our guests now today. But we have two great guests. Uh, our first one, I believe, is uh, Sarah Winter, uh, Miss Universe, Miss Universe Canada, and now she's a she's a golfer. Been playing golf for four years. I won't give you all the details on the podcast, but uh, she's a four handicap. And yeah, just to, I mean, great story on how she just you know I mean goes from you know wearing dresses and right. all that stuff, and then now she's a golfer. So yeah, um, she was awesome to, to come on the show, and followed up by an, an absolute weapon in uh, not a TSN analyst. I found that out the hard way, uh, Mr. Brian Mudrick. He uh, actually takes over the show for the interview when he brings up, when I talk about him being an analyst, and he's not. So anyhow, uh, great interview with Brian and obviously Sarah, but uh, any thoughts on uh, Brian there, Troy, before we send it on over? Yeah, Drew, actually, uh, another thing I wanted to bring up too with Brian was, you know, he brought up his two-time cancer journey. You know, I, I'm dealing with my own. So that was very uh, inspiring to hear how he's fought and won twice, you know, so... I think everyone should just uh, sit back and grab a bowl of popcorn and uh, enjoy the pod. Yeah, this is an exciting one today, episode 25. And before we let you guys go here, remember to like and retweet and subscribe uh, to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So uh, let's send it on over now, Troy. Let's do it. Off the Hosel and Inside the Clubhouse are proudly sponsored now by Last Mountain Distillery. Saskatchewan's first micro distillery is family-owned and operated. Located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of grain country, our success lies in our commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best-selling, naturally-infused Dill Pickle Vodka, our naturally-infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Visit us in Lumsden or watch for our full lineup of products at your favorite local retailer. Alrighty, we're uh, pleased to be joined today um, 
Sarah Winter, born and raised Duncan, uh, British Columbia, former Miss Universe Canada, and now is pursuing a career in golf. Thanks for joining the podcast today, Sarah. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's uh, our pleasure. We're very excited. You know, we've only had one other female on the podcast, and it's very, uh, you know, we're trying to get some more females on and to grow our, our, our lady listeners and audience. So uh, we appreciate uh, you coming on. Amazing. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. we got to support the girls and get more women involved. You betcha. So what is up? New in your life these days? Obviously, with, I mean, COVID's kind of uh, slowly opened up a little bit here. Uh, what have you been doing to keep busy? I have been luckily being able to, I've been able to play golf because here in Canada where I am, the courses have basically stayed open the majority of the time. So that's been good because I don't know what I would do if I wasn't able to golf. I was baking some cupcakes and cookies and banana bread as well. But other than that, I think I've just been like everyone else just trying to stay safe and healthy and, you know, stick with family and friends. Nice. That's awesome. Well, I was, I mean, obviously I knew, I knew that you were golfing and we obviously got in touch again on the show here. Um, I was just curious. I mean, obviously when the pandemic hit, where were your worries at? I mean, where actually, where are you right now? I'm in so I'm at Vancouver Island, um, Duncan. That's my hometown. When it happened, I was in Arizona because I play some tournaments down there in the winter. I try to escape the cold here in Canada. <laughs> um, so I was down in Arizona, and then I decided to come home like immediately because I wanted to be with my dad and my sisters, and um, I wasn't sure if the border was going to close or not. So I had to come back to Canada, but I've been here probably since March. And it's starting to warm up now, so golfing weather is approached, which is good. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we're down in Saskatchewan, so it's freezing here in the winter times, and more times than not, it's windy all the time in Saskatchewan down here. So we have the best of both worlds, I guess, yeah. in Sask. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got to take up golf full time so you can escape the cold winters. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> I want to backtrack to a young Sarah Winter lifestyle. I mean, what kind of sports and activities were you involved in when you were younger? Um, I wasn't very athletic, to be honest. I am only really good at golf when it comes to sports, which is weird. But I did figure skating and dance growing up. I was kind of a girly girl. I didn't play many sports. Um, but when it came to golf, I was just naturally really, really good at it and I actually grew up on a driving range. My dad built a um, cool. go-kart, mini-golf driving range here on the island. So I had I had so many options to be able to play, but I just didn't like it. I'm, I have a lot of energy, so when I was a kid, I found it really boring. And then on top of that, there was never, like, other girls that played it. Um, it is a really male-dominated sport, so I felt intimidated when I was younger. So I pursued other things, and then I didn't pick up golf until, like, four years ago. So I haven't been playing for that long. Well, for only only playing for four years, your swing is uh, on point, we'll put it that way. <laughs> Thank you. So I want, I'm curious, too. I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm maybe wrong terminology here. Uh, when did you get into pageants, and did you enjoy those? What day-to-day what -day lifestyle for you in that process? So, yeah, I, I have a love-hate relationship with pageants. I think when I first started, um, I first started because it's kind of a weird story. I was in Korea for a modeling contract, and I was 15 years old. And I had a really hard time there. They kept 
body shaming me and calling me fat. So I came home from Korea. My dad uh, signed my contract and finished it and took me home because it was, that's a whole nother podcast. Like we can <laughs> do another podcast just talking on Korea because I could go on about my experience modeling there. The place itself, I loved it, but um, for the modeling aspect, it just wasn't the best. I came home and I joined my first pageant because I wanted to help other girls um, that felt the way I did at that time with my self-esteem. And then it was kind of just a bunch of things that happened after that. I went to Thailand and represented Canada. And then I went to Egypt and represented Canada. And then I did Miss Universe Canada all by the time that I was 19. Um, and I just wasn't winning any of them. So I took a break and I was in university. I was getting my Bachelor of Science. I wanted to go into med school or pharmacist or pharmaceutical sales, something along. I like, I'm a huge science freak. So <laughs> something along those lines. But midway through university, I was going to school in Toronto and I would go visit my dad in Arizona. And I started to play and I just like fell in love with it. And I knew that I would regret it if I didn't try to pursue it full time. So that's what I did, and here I am on your podcast. <laughs> that's uh, so you've been led all around the globe. That's awesome. That's uh, <laughs> I've barely been to the states. Yeah. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> you can come on my next trip. You can be my caddy or my pageant mom. Perfect. That'd be awesome. I'm all. I'm up for it. <laughs> so. I'm uh, I'm curious to know who would you say your biggest inspiration is in life? Definitely my dad. Um, my dad is my best friend, and he basically raised me. My mom's not in my life anymore, so my dad is just—he's such a cool guy, and he's always—he has never like forced me to do anything or put pressure on me. He let me figure it out on my own time. Although I kind of wish that he did forced me to play golf when I was younger because it's such a good way for anyone to get an education and just but you can't look you can't regret yeah. things you didn't do um but yeah he's definitely my biggest inspiration just the guy he is and how kind he is and he's always kind of allowed me to believe in myself and never give up and if I want something um he's always told me that I could do it so I think he is my main inspiration nice that's awesome and, and just wanted to say sorry about your your mother there, but that's, yeah, that's, oh, that's um, okay. um, so I, I wanted to move on. I mean, obviously you kind of, we talked about kind of everything here, but we're going to not slow it down here, but I mean, I want to know, obviously besides golf, what other interests do you, do you have? I mean, do you enjoy doing outside of the golf course and yeah, touch on that for us. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was going to school to get my bachelor of science. So I want to go back one day and finish. I haven't, um, finished because I pursued golf but I do like I love to travel you can probably tell um I like to travel anywhere I like to cook yeah. I like to hike I do a lot of volunteer things which is one of the reasons why I love pageants because I get to work with kids a lot which is something that I feel really passionate about I get to do a lot of guest speaking appearances and just work with kids at elementary schools um, and I'm also like a huge um fan of any kind of animals so I work at animal shelters and do all sorts of stuff I like to keep busy so I was just curious actually I mean you just talked about I mean dealing with the kids and organizations uh you're involved in one now that means cyberbullying uh would you just care to touch on that for us and and, and if there's a website just a free plug that for yourself there 
Yeah, of course. Um, so I always kind of struggled with cyberbullying. I think kids that grow up in small towns, sometimes that happens because everybody knows everybody. So they go to the internet and make these fake accounts. And, you know, like, yeah. I think cyberbullying is just, it's unfortunately a very popular thing in today's society because of how strong social media has an effect on everybody. So I do a lot of things at that, and I, like, coach young kids. So I never got to do it in person, but you talk to them on the phone, and you kind of just help them through what they're going through because you are yourself, like, you're a victim yourself, so you can relate to them. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's important that kids know how powerful social media is. Even, like, my sister has kids that are 12, has a kid that's 12, and she's starting to get into the whole instagram and snapchat and i just couldn't <laughs> believe how young they have their hands on these phones it's crazy and now nowadays. like social media is just yeah right like i feel like when i was that age i didn't have like i didn't know what any of that was but now it's just becoming like way more popular so i think it's important that we know just i think it's important that we tell them how powerful it is and you know make sure they use it properly and use it for positive things and Try not to get caught up in the negative. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you probably couldn't have said it any better. I mean, better than I would have said it. So that's good. Um, <laughs> I want to segue into some golf talk here. So after a while, you yeah. change out of your dresses and hop into some golf clothes. How has that changed? How, I mean, yeah. obviously, we talked about it wasn't always a passion. Uh, I mean, have you played junior golf? I mean, I saw you play some amateur golf. Um, yeah, I mean, just walk us through that. Yeah, I didn't play junior golf, um, so I didn't play growing up. Like, I would go out with my dad and just, like, sit in the cart and hit the odd shot, but I didn't play seriously when I was a junior at all. It, they, we don't even have golf teams here, like, at my school Oh wow! growing up. So, yeah, like, the middle school, the elementary school, the high school, there none of them have an option for a golf team, so I didn't play in high school or anything, and then... As I said, I went to university in Toronto, and um, I didn't go on a scholarship or anything for golf. And the winters there are so cold, you definitely would have to <laughs> stick to indoor golf. <laughs> it's freezing. <laughs> but um, I didn't start playing until I was, like, 21, 22, seriously, like, actually practicing and realizing how complex of a sport golf is and how many different areas you kind of have to work at i've noticed that it's a lot of a mental game more than anything so oh, yeah um i've played in a few tournaments and that's out of playing in tournaments is just how much of a mental game golf is and i think my lack of experience made it harder on me because i would overthink and i didn't think i had as much experience as the girls that i was playing against because you go up to any woman golfer and the majority of them say oh yeah i've been playing since i was five or three or playing yeah. since I could walk and I definitely didn't have that but I love it so much and it's such a passion I can't imagine my life without it so um, I'm just kind of seeing where it takes me and I do I do really like playing competitively but I think I need a little more experience until I succeed in that field yeah for sure well I was just curious I mean I think I, I saw it correctly you played in the USM qualifier I mean for only playing golf for four years I mean how was that experience yeah, it was very nerve-wracking. I 
I, I bet. Just, like, don't, I didn't play competitively growing up, so I just remember being on the first tee and just, like, not even remembering where I hit it because I hadn't had anyone introduce me by name before when I was golfing. And it's quite the thrill. It's very nerve-wracking. <laughs> it's quite the thrill. <laughs> I highly recommend everyone to experience it once in their life. But um, it was a good learning experience. I mean, obviously, I wish I could play better, but I was so nervous, and Basically, that's, like, my junior golf experience. Like, those are my first tournaments, so I kind of just have to look at it that way. So I want to ask, uh, what's your handicap? I mean, obviously, from year one to year four, or do you keep one? I haven't kept one in a while, but usually I'm, like, around a four. Wow. Four handicap. Yeah. You have to give I me mean, shots, though. The thing with me... I'm a zero, so you're going to be shots. The thing with my golf game is I can play, like, an amazing nine holes, and then I realize how amazing I'm playing, and then <laughs> the other nine holes never matches. So i got to work on getting them both, both really low. Uh, do you have a golf coach? I mean, I was just curious. I mean, I was wondering if you had a golf coach or not. Yeah, I do. I, I work with someone in my hometown, so I grew up playing the Cowichan Golf Club. That's where my dad's been a member. And the head pro there, Norm Jackson, and the other pro, Andy Johnson, they've both really taken an interest in my game, and they've helped me so much. And then I also work with Danny from Toronto, and he's a former pro. He played on the Australian tour, um, and he's helped me a little bit while I was in Toronto. So I definitely have those three guys to lean on when I need any swing tips or advice or mental game or anything like that. They're, They're always there for me. So, as you mentioned, I mean, you play out of the Cowich and Golf Club. Uh, I mean, yeah. I was just curious, like, I mean, is that track in really good shape? And how often are you playing there and other courses? Yeah, the Cowich and Golf Club is amazing. It's, I mean, I'm not biased or anything, but if you come to Vancouver okay. Island, <laughs> I highly recommend to play Cowich and Golf Club. And I'm probably there most of the day, so you'll probably see me. Um, but honestly, like, island golf is so pretty. There's courses in Victoria that are by the ocean, and then if you go up the other way towards Nanaimo, there's courses like Story Creek, which is in the mountains. And I just there's, like, a variety of everything, and I personally love, love it a little more than the desert golf. I find it, desert golf's really pretty, but I like looking at mountains and trees, and that's just kind of what I grew up playing. So I was just curious to, uh, I mean, I don't know, how often are you practicing? Are you a practice player at the range and grind it out? Or are you kind of go out and play and figure stuff out on the course? Um, I'm a little bit of both. I definitely prefer playing. I feel like most people do. But there comes a time where, like, I'll be playing so much and you just really crave a long range session and just, like, spend hours on the range and do everything. But I also try to work on my short game every day. So I either just have this putting drill that I do once a day and then chipping and a couple of chipping drills as well. I try to do that every day, Monday to Friday at least. And then I play on the weekends just because short game is so important. I'm sure everyone knows that, but <laughs> it truly is like the most important part of golf. So I try to do that every day just so I always have my rhythm and tempo. So Monday to Friday you practice and then weekends play. Yes. Yeah. All right, there it is. I mean, phone me a four handicap and, and possibly lower, right, sir? I mean, you said I practice five yeah, days a week and then play twice. Oh, well, I was going to ask that later on. Seven hole ones. 
let's walk. Okay, let's go now. Let's walk us through that. How how are the how was your first one compared to your seventh seventh one? And where were they? And yeah. how were the shots? My first one was at Cowichan, and my seventh one was at Cowichan. Wow. So, fun fact, I've actually got a hole-in-one on every course at the Cowichan, or every par three hole on the at the Cowichan Golf Club. I have zero. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to come, you have to come play Cowichan with me. I'll bring Locke and you'll get hole Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I was just curious, I mean, obviously, I mean, how many rounds are you playing in a year and what kind of events are you, I mean, are you ready to play in once this is kind of all past the COVID and I mean, are there events lined up for you? I don't have any events lined up. I was in Arizona. I'm hoping to play some, but I came home. So I'm not really planning on playing any amateur professional events as of right now for rounds of golf per year. Um, I have no idea. I mean, it's basically what I do every day, but I don't play every day. And some, you know, I do take weeks off when I go travel for other, like for pageants or modeling, or I do a lot of charity events. So there's times where I'm traveling. So I don't know how many rounds I play a year, but I do play a lot of golf. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like bad if I miss a day because I, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm just curious. I'm obviously watching like the Instagram videos of you golfing and whatnot. Are you taking those videos yourself, or do you have a sidekick who's taking all your video? I mean, like, like, like how does that all it's work my out? Dad. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> Most of them are my dad. Um, that's basically who I play with all the time. And then sometimes if I'm just playing with friends, but the majority of those videos are my is my dad, and he gets very annoyed with me now because <laughs> he's been doing it for so long, but. I've trained them, and he knows all my angles. And you got very steady videos. hands. I mean, the camera's not shaking. It's perfect. <laughs> I had to teach him to hold his breath when he takes them now because sometimes he'll be breathing so heavy. <laughs> it's all you can hear in the video. <laughs> so now every time he takes their videos, he's holding his breath. What a <laughs> sounds like a beauty. That's per, that, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So I mean, I want to. I mean, I, you kind of touched on a little bit here. Um. What's the next step? I mean, after you, let's just say you play two, three more years and you really start to make some progress. Uh, are you close to the, the Symmetra Tour or the LPGA or the European Ladies Tour? Like, Where are you at or do you want to be a, you know, a dominant amateur? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've always wanted to try Q-School, qualifying school. I know it's canceled this year and I feel for all those golfers that um, train so hard every year, but maybe next year qualifying school would be in my future. I definitely need to work on my game and work on my mental game. But I think with experience, confidence will come and maybe my game will just come together. The thing with golf, I feel, or like really for anything, is the less pressure you put on something, I feel like that's when you really succeed. So I'm trying not, I like at first when I would play tournaments, I had the highest expectations for myself and just like really unrealistic expectations that put so much unneeded pressure on my game I would never perform well because I was putting so much pressure on myself so I'm kind of just starting to feel out my game and get more confidence and then I feel like when the timing is right I shouldn't rush into it right away so I mean obviously you mentioned a couple of times uh you went to York and we're studying science working toward your bachelor's degree let's just say that if golf or you know miss university workouts I mean and let's just say the science didn't work out what would you pursue as a job career 
So I couldn't, the science didn't work out, the golf didn't work out, and the pageant didn't work out. <laughs> I'd have to do something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, if all of those things weren't in the equation, I probably would be doing something with animals, or I would continue to work with children. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily be a very good teacher, but definitely something that I could work with children, I think, because I really, really enjoy that. Um or animals, or traveling, maybe some something to do with traveling. I don't know. That's hard. I feel like all my three, my favorite things are taken, <laughs> and now I'm trying to think of like what else I like. Well, those are all good answers, and uh, yeah, like you said you, you you've done kind of you checked off the three. Uh, I mean, three things that you're you like and you're very good at. So. Um, I have one question here before we go into our segment called questions from the gallery. Uh, what's one piece of advice we ask all our guests this question, uh, to give our young listeners, especially our lady audience on how to become so successful? Yeah, I think success comes when you fully believe in yourself. I think looking back when I wasn't succeeding, it was because I was trying too hard to be like somebody else or I didn't fully believe in what I was trying to do. So I think you really just have to, it sounds so cliche, but you really do have to believe in yourself and the power of your dreams. And if you want something, I don't, I don't see why you can't do it. Um, and that's kind of my motto. Like that's what I've lived by. So, and also for women who are wanting to get into golf, please don't be intimidated. It is such a frustrating sport when you first start, but I promise you once you start getting a little bit better, it is such a rewarding and humbling game. I think everyone can agree on that. So um, if you ever need any advice, you guys can message me on Instagram, and I'll give all the ladies any tips if you ever need them. Or if you're ever in the same place, we can all go golfing together. Because <laughs> I think golf needs more. Golf needs more ladies. Yeah, you're not wrong. That's uh, some great advice there. So <laughs> that might have just spiked the audience up here. Perfect. Um <laughs> Okay, so after our segment called Questions from the Gallery, sponsored by Player Golf, be sure to use the promo code off the hosel fifteen for fifteen percent off of your orders. That's off the hosel fifteen for fifteen percent off of your orders. Alrighty, some of the best places you've got to go play golf. Ooh, probably Alberta. I played at Banff and Silvertip. Those are two of the prettiest courses I have ever played. I also just recently went to Hawaii and played golf. And I kind of island hopped and played a bunch of courses there. And that was really, really beautiful as well. Um, who are you sponsored by? So I'm not sponsored because I'm not a professional. But I do work with TaylorMade Golf, TaylorMade Canada. And we've been doing a lot of social media content and hopefully doing events in the future when traveling can happen again. So I'm really, really excited and honored to be working with TaylorMade because it's a company that I genuinely really love. Okay. Dream for some uh, PGA golfers or LPGA golfers, any golfer, and celebrities. Okay. okay. Ooh. Um, Jason Day. Rory McIlroy. Tiger Woods. Do I pick four people or am I the fourth? You're the fourth. Then that'd be five. Then okay. we're in trouble. So, so those three. Those three. And then my dad would come, but he, he would just watch. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't play. <laughs> Tiger Woods took his spot. I think you'd understand. I think so. And celebrities now. 
Okay, celebrities. Ooh, Gal Gadot. I love her. Um, oh, this is hard. Why can't I think of any celebrities? Um, sorry, I'm trying to think of who I like and I can't. Um, Here, here's my three: Brad Pitt, um, okay, yeah, Mark are. Wahlberg, and Michael Jordan. Okay. Um, see, the thing with me is now you're going to figure out what something I'm really bad at is remembering names. I feel like <laughs> I'm picturing the faces of these celebrities, but I can't think of any of their names. Okay. Um, Gal Gadot. <laughs> Gal Gadot. Um, Brad Pitt. And... Uh, um, what's that comedian's name that... Jerry and, Seinfeld. And, and you, you. You can be my, my third celebrity guest. Who is that? You. Oh, there. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I'm not a celebrity, but I appreciate that, though. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're on. <laughs> you're in. Okay, so some of your best memories, stories from golf people you have met, and any funny stories? Um, well, my first tournament, I cried. That's kind of funny now, looking back. <laughs> I cried mid-round. Oh, no. Um, so that's a little bit embarrassing. And I wasn't a junior, so <laughs> I was a full-grown woman, <laughs> which makes it so much worse. Um, so that's funny. I recently was, I just said that I was in Hawaii, and that was a good trip. I was with Jose Canseco, Jim McMahon, and a couple locals. Definitely had some funny stories from that trip. My friend sunk a 50-foot putt for birdie blindfolded. Really? So that was really cool. Just feeling um, the green. Yeah, she was <laughs> She was in the zone. Her adrenaline was pumping, and I think she could have made that putt no matter what. <laughs> it was destined. We were destined to win that match. Um. Okay, strongest part of your game and weakest? My strongest part of my game is my driver and my putter. My weakest is my mindset. Whoa, that's like the first answer we ever had. No one's ever brought mental side mm-hmm. into this. Uh, wow, that's uh, oh, audience is going up for sure today. This is perfect. <laughs> um, low <laughs> I'm, round. I'm reading books. Reading books. On this is a good tip, actually. Read books on mental game for golf. All right, it I just took, I wrote that one down. Mental. What is it? <laughs> Oh, yeah, mental already. I got it now. Um, okay, low round. 69. Nice, nice. And um, you already have seven whole ones. We talked about that. And favorite beverage after a round? Tequila with soda and an orange peel. Whoa. That's also new or on the show. A <laughs> okay, or that, a Caesar. Okay. <laughs> that's more of a common answer. <laughs> <laughs> Has no one ever said tequila? No, no, you're the first. Okay. We'll I'm cut that out. <laughs> okay, Sarah, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate it, and I hope that uh, you know we, we can build a connection, and you know maybe have you back on the show at uh, at a later date here. Of course, and you have to make sure you come um, join my my foursome with my celebrity guests. So I'll let you know when that's happening. You betcha. Okay, take care, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you.
This segment of Off the Huzzle is brought to you by Brownie's Golf Shop at the Royal Regina, Southern Saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters. Using FlightScope and GC Quad technology, Brownie's Golf Shop will give you the high-performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons. Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Srixen at the best prices. Brownie's Golf Shop, high-performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at RoyalRegina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment. We are pleased to be joined now by TSN analyst and Montreal Canadiens play-by-play guy, Mr. Brian Mudrick. Uh, thanks for joining the podcast today, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing good, Drew. What do, but what do I analyze? Well, I don't know. I thought you were an analyst of TSN. Yeah, they, they, they pay the analysts way more money than I. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so I've been told. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, here, how about you do the intro then? You go. That's the greatest <laughs> intro we've had yet. Okay, and that's all we have today, folks. We'll talk to you there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. That was, I wasn't the prompter will break down. That's all I can deliver at this point. Okay, so I Googled then and said that you're from Athabasca, Alberta, and Benny Heap says you're from Boyle, Alberta. So you just corrected uh, me and um, everyone else, I guess, to Google. I mean, uh, so, yeah, I mean, where did you grow up, I guess, and how was the, the young life of Brian Mudrick uh, as a youngster? Uh, well, actually, you're both right. So I was born in Athabasca, and I was raised in Boyle. So, um, so Boyle and Athabasca are about an hour and forty minutes north of Edmonton. I always love explaining to people in Toronto that I'm from Boyle because they wonder if it's a medical condition. Do I need surgery? Is that something that should be looked at by a doctor? I'm like, no, Boyle's my hometown. Uh, a lot of great people there. You know, it's like the prairies, right? You know, pe- small town people, Alberta, Saskatchewan. Uh, Manitoba. I've been lucky enough to live in all three provinces uh, throughout my career. So great people out west. Um, growing up in a in a small town was cool. Um, I mean, you you basically had to. It, it was like a, a mandate to like golf and curl, and then you had to play on every high school team possible in sports because there's like literally 20 people in your class. Um, and my mom was the town hairstylist, and my dad was the high school principal, so I couldn't get away with anything. Uh, so I had that going against me. And um, pretty funny story. So my mom, in small towns, right, like she had kind of like, it was a gift store. It was Terry's Beauty Salon and Boutique. So she was a hairstylist. She had a gift shop. The Sears Outlet Store was there. The local taxidermy uh, was also ran out of there. And we used to, as kids, we used to literally joke with my mom. It's the only place in town you can literally, you know, get your your beaver stuff and a haircut all in one stop and make up a beer party. No, like, so, like, and, and you think that's a joke? Like, literally, one time I come up there and there's a, a beaver stuff and a moose, and a guy had just shot a like a big deer with the buck with the. Well, I mean, I'm just ruining my northern Alberta green card right now, but whatever it was, the, I think the buck was a big point, and it was a. And I literally walk in, I'm like, oh, that's incredible. Like, it was just the craziest little store in a small town, but 
it was neat that my mom owned it and it was kind of cool to like you know grow up and help her and and uh be in a small town because you can only tell those small town stories like that right that's right so backtracking uh your broadcasting career uh, I believe it was in 99 or 2000, you graduated from radio television arts program at Northern Alberta Institute of Technology, which is also known as NATE. Uh, then you went and worked in Winnipeg from 99 to 2001. Then you were in Edmonton from 01 to 05. Then you graduated to the granddaddy and got to TSN, right? You replaced Rod you Black. You missed a stop in there, though. You missed a stop. Well, you, uh, you got to blame Google, Brian. You got to blame Google. What the hell was that, Troy? <laughs> <laughs> just ripped off Google Wikipedia. <laughs> wow, you're on the dark web, Troy. This Apparently, dark web. So, I don't know where you're. you're um, no, that's all pretty much correct. Except my first TV job was in Lloydminster, on the, right on the Alberta Saskatchewan border, man, the border city. What side? Uh, I I grew up. Well, grew up. I grew up in Alberta, so it was interesting. I stayed on the Alberta side to live except i realized i should have got a post office box in saskatchewan for cheaper car insurance um <laughs> but i'm 19 i digress how do you know this stuff so i lived uh i think i did rent out a condo for six months on the saskatchewan side don't ask it's like you literally make seven bucks an hour uh when you start in tv so you're literally you know you, you, you'll take free meals you'll let people like parents cook for you at that point because it's um you're not going to make a lot of money when you start broadcasting, but it was a lot of uh, a lot of fun. So Troy, you weren't wrong. That was uh, it was Lloyd Minster, then Winnipeg, and then Edmonton, and then uh, Toronto. Yeah, and so in '09 you replaced Rod Black, right? TSN's curling announcer. Um, I'm assuming you get to work with Vic Roder. Well, matter of fact, I know you get to work with and Bob Weeks, well, friend yeah, of the show. Yeah, Bob Weeks. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, you know going from Winnipeg, Edmonton, and then to the granddaddy of all TSN. Yeah, well, it's it. So Lloyd Minster was uh, it was cool because I mean, out of Nate, you had to get a practicum. So basically, you had to go somewhere for four months and to kind of hone your craft. It was part of graduating, and uh, unfortunately, I was I was battling uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, a form of cancer, when I was going to college. Uh, I had a relapse when I was working in Lloyd Minster, so. Lloydminster is a place that I have um, some pretty sad memories, but some fond memories. I made some lifelong friends uh, in that town. I actually started <laughs> curling uh, as competitive. I curled for the Nate team, and then I curled out of Lloydminster um, with a young guy named Taylor Fields. So I think his parents must have been Rough Rider fans. And um, <laughs> so Taylor was their skip. I'm right. I mean, how, like, seriously. So he, uh, we actually made provincials that year out of Lloydminster. I was still uh, young enough, and I was the weather specialist and the agriculture reporter. Uh, weather specialist, by the way, guys, means you know nothing about the weather. You BS for like six minutes, uh, and you just listen to what Environment Canada tells you to say. And then, and the you'll IRA never get fired if you're wrong. Exactly, you got a job every day, and the weather is always changing. So, um, my father. He went to Ryerson in Toronto and his, he to be a meteorologist, but he flunked out on, I don't know, some of the physics or something, and he was a farmer. So literally, I had my old man's dream job at 19, the agriculture reports and the weather specialist. So I always got a kick out of that. And uh, and even uh, when I when I left Lloyd Minster to go to Winnipeg, Jay Onright was in Winnipeg. He was hosting the Big Breakfast Show. And Jay is uh, basically the news director at the time, Darcy Modine. He... He said, yeah, we need a part-time sports guy. I packed up my car, and I drove there, and I had 
two uh, days a week were promised to me, and I ended up getting a full-time gig. And uh, Jay's family lived in Boyle until I think about grade six. And another true story that you'll only get in your podcast, um, Jay Onright's mom, Joanne, and my father, Robert, were part of a Ukrainian rock band called the Rainbow Riders. (laughs) Uh, This is true. This is not BS. Um, Yeah, Ukrainian rock band, the Rainbow Riders, Joanne, the lead singer. My dad could play a lot of instruments and sing. So, um, oh, hang on a sec. Yeah. So, you got a phone call or what? <laughs> no. It's, it's okay. It's all good. Go ahead. No, the, uh, the, uh, the dog had an accident. Yeah. So, I got a new dog. So, that's also new. He just, uh, was looking at pee on the floor. So, not great. Okay. I have to ask quickly here. About your dog, actually, from uh, Mr. Yeah. Benny he- Benny Hebes. Is your dog named uh, Sir Pop Studley the Third? Do you care to elaborate on that for us? Yeah, yeah. So Sir Pop Studley the Third. So um, my buddy Steve, I, I should never get a dog. Uh, I've just, but I've been home, nothing but home all the time. So my buddy Steve is sadly he's he's battling. He's got to go with cancer right now, and. Um, his family was going to get this uh, Shih Tzu. And so I, I saw photos of the other little dogs in the litter. And his daughter, Lauren, convinced me. She's like, you got to get a dog. We'll babysit. We'll babysit. you got to get his brother. I'm like, oh, man. So I'm a sucker. So I did. Um, and I named him Pops because their last name is Poposki. So I named my dog Pops. And their kids love it. And uh, Studley just makes sense if you've seen the dog. And Sir just sounds official. And... Um, um, yeah, and he just pooped on my rug. So there, <laughs> that's uh, there it is. So now he's having a timeout outside. So Brian, I want to backtrack a little bit. Uh, I heard you mention about you know battling cancer at the age of nineteen. Uh, you and I are, I think, within six months of age. Same difference. Uh, I I know you had a battle. You fought. You won. Um, I'm currently. I got three treatments left. I was diagnosed last year, April fourth, stage three C metastatic melanoma. Uh, I've had multiple surgeries, radiation, and like I said, I got three treatments left. What's it like to ring that bell when you're done? Um, I don't remember, you know, I don't remember ringing a bell, to be honest, or um, I I decided uh, I was really sick as well. Uh, Troy, I was, I had um, a stem cell transplant. So when I was 17, I was first diagnosed, and I had the chemo and the radiation and then I, when I went to Lloydminster and I got my first job, I got a call like five days before Christmas from my doctor saying that my cancer had come back. And man, that is a, that's a devastating um, phone call. And I just remember being numb for a long time. Uh, I, I remember I did actually the six o'clock weather show when I went back to my condo and I just kind of sat there for five hours going, holy shit, like, that's, that's real, man. That's like you already know what you've been through and the battle and how sick and how tough it was. And then you just know it's going to be worse. Um, it's going to be tougher. So when I left the hospital, I mean, at the time they said I had Hodgkin's lymphoma is at least, you know, it, you can beat it. It's, it's not a death sentence by any stretch. Mm-hmm. And a lot of young people get it and can beat it. And when I left the hospital, my mom, it's her favorite story. She's pushing me out. And I was like, now I'm, you know, I'm six, one, 205 pounds. And I was probably 140 pounds when I left there, right? It was right. a shell of itself. And um, I said, I'm going to raise a million dollars for this hospital. And she laughed and she said, put on 10 pounds first and we'll get to that uh, later. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I started a golf tournament. And um, 
and we uh, ended up uh, raising a million dollars. And we uh, we did 15 tournaments, and we stopped after 15 years. And uh, another twist of fate, and then a sad story is my brother. Uh, he was diagnosed with a really rare form, and we lost him just over a year ago. And he was our guest speaker. Oh, sorry to hear uh, that. Yeah. Sorry to hear that, Brian. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, so yeah, it's been a. And that was the year, I mean, I just was found out I got the Montreal Canadiens job and I got to tell him and um, my first year of calling play-by-play, it was the best of times and the absolute worst of times. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do a good job season one. I really wanted to, to do great, and but I also knew my brother was, you know, uh, fighting for his life and, and not well and, and really battling. So it was an awful year. Um and then we uh, we lost him during the season, and yeah. So you know what, the cancer, Troy, it's uh, it, it's tough. Um, I guess my ringing the bell might have been, you know, the the million dollars raised. We gave scholarships out to kids that were post secondary uh, every year, and they would come back and sort of be the guest speaker. It just sort of happened by accident that way. I remember one girl, she came back. She's around 22 years old. And she told her story. She had to decide before Christmas whether she should cut her leg off or not, uh, give herself the best chance. And she did. And she had her prosthetic leg and walked up on stage. And as you can imagine, not a dry eye in the whole place and just, like, killed her speech. She was amazing. She was awesome. And she's a doctor now. Um, So I got to meet a lot of awesome young people um, through that tournament and families and and that's, I guess, my bell is, is trying to make a difference, albeit a small part of other people, and helping them out. So I, I tip my cap to you, man, and, and uh, you're, a, you're a champ already because I know, I know that grind. And to, to, to live it myself and Drew to watch a loved one go through it and uh, to see my brother, I mean, it's fucking awful. It's, it's, it, is, it is just the worst. And so everyone that's family and a fighter and I just give you, like, right on. I uh, I wish I could shake your hand, but I'd have to give you an elbow bump with this crowd. <laughs> I just got chills, man. Wow, that's uh... thanks, Brian. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, every every day's a fight, but uh, like my 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 motto is: what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And uh, honestly, fuck cancer. That's my two things I've been can, going with the can last I year. Can I ask you a question though? Sure, I, you can. I, like, so when I was when I was like sick the second time. Like, people had to wear, and very rare, like, my, my parents were in the room. I was, like, 19 and super sick, and, and my I was, like, needed help to the washroom, and, like, right, like, it was bad. And, um, but I had to wear a mask, or they had to wear a mask, because at that time, if I caught any kind of a cold, just, it's what they did with my stem cell transplant. They basically took my immune system away. Yeah, they wiped it out, right? Chemo, and then give you your stem cells back and hope you make it. I mean, it's, it's awful, but that's kind of the deal. So... I, like so I thank people you know and this meant so much to me when people started to self-isolate and you know the nurses and the doctors I was like man you know that like 19 year old me thanks those people because I may not have been around and now I look at like what we're going through so I guess what I'm asking you is have you had to be careful wearing a mask with a chemo or how has it impacted you going through your treatments with all this COVID stuff well it, it's weird I had treatment yesterday and it's yeah, you're you're masked up. They they don't allow any guests. My wife can't come sit with me with treatment. Um, and she's a nurse. And my wife's a nurse, so she can't wow. even. And she works in the same hospital, and she can't come down and sit with me. So, I mean, Ugh. I just like I said, I I just grin and bear, put a smile on my face. I know I only got three left after yesterday. Um, 
yeah, it's it's a gr- it's a grind. You know it, and I I just I can't wait to be done. That's for sure. And and you know it's it's I'm not old. You know you weren't old obviously at 19, right? I'm 39 right now. So, um, anyways, enough about that talk. I I, I want to get into some golf talk. Wait quickly before you go on though. I have to ask. <laughs> hey Brian, I have to ask what to do. This may have been from your golf tournament. Um, who is this Scotty Smash guy? I, I heard he gets buckled and buys Benny for 450 when he thought it was 150, then showed up at the Olympics with a shirt on that said 450. Arguably the greatest story uh, of sports <laughs> history, right behind Jordan and Tigers winning at Augusta. This is arguably the greatest story in the history of sports. Um, so Scotty Smash, Scotty Lopatinsky is one of my dear friends. I've known him forever, and he's an optometrist in Edmonton. And so we would auction off our celebrity golfers. So uh, I think Benny um, uh, was one of the celebrities. And, and so, you know, you do the auction, and it was the Benny goes up, and everyone's had a couple Caesars at, you know, whatever, 10 in the morning. And, and Scott thought if Scott thought it was up to one fifty, he felt bad for the pudgy little guy. He's like, I can't let this guy go for a hundred. I better go one fifty. Well, Scott didn't realize it was four fifty. So that kind of became their. Goal. He's an optometrist. Uh, and the, and but the best part. So he yeah yeah it's true. So he goes to Vancouver years later, gets tickets to the gold medal final, has a big sweater that says four fifty. Now I I didn't broadcast that when I did the bronze medal game and Vic uh, Vic called the final. But I was in the building watching, and I could see the world feed, and Scott made it on the world feed. It's 450. He's like this. And then Betty saw him in the crowd. He's like, 450. And he's like yelling at Scotty. It's like, it's like the Top Gun point at the end. And it was just like, I'm like, and everyone around Scott's like, who are you, man? Like, what's, what do you mean? What's 450? So, like, this has been, like, a classic thing. Like, years later, that thing has gotten a lot of runway, the 450 joke. I love it. So we covered your background growing up, career-wise. I know we probably missed a few things, but I'm sure you'll let us know if we did. But uh, getting into the golf, are you a good golfer? Oh, man. Uh, Define good. I mean, I I love the sport. Um, I I love what I've noticed about COVID and what's what's really stood out to me. I mean, we all like to golf. Don't get me wrong. We love the, 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 the challenge and... Um, but for me, I've missed, I've missed my buddies. I've missed the camaraderie. I missed the chirping. I missed the men tonight. I missed the bottle of wine after I miss sitting on 18, watching the guys come up. And like, I, that is what I really miss. No one cares. Like literally, even you don't care what you shot. Like you get off, you, whatever, as long as you beat your buddy and won your 20 bucks or won some skins, you, you laugh, but like, no one cares what you shot you, but you really miss that, that camaraderie. So uh, I'm missing that a lot. Uh, am I a good golfer? Yeah, I'm all right. You know, I whack it around pretty good. Not bad for a lefty. Not bad. Scratch? Yeah, I'm scratching all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is it that speedo? I'm glad. I'm glad we're not on Zoom. No. Um, yeah. What was that, by the way? That message. You're gonna wear a speedo on the on the Zoom call with us? Yeah, I had a uh, Benny Hebert said I better line up a speedo. I did like thirty. That motherfucker. Call. I thought I'd have to get. I thought I'd have to get a good. Pump one. I thought it was <laughs> Just so, oiled up, hey? You sick puppy. Um, so I'm, I can range anywhere between, a, like, I guess, well, in my index, I think it's around five. I'm, I'm anywhere between a six and an eight handicap, depending on where I'm playing in the day and how many Chardonnays I've had. 
<laughs> Troy's okay, arguing. Not, not cool. Sorry. He's like, is that good? Troy's like, what am I? I'm like, I'm not 25. He's like, honestly. Drew, you're such an asshole. Well, would you ask for an honest question? 25. Okay, so, Brian, I mean, obviously, when you come down here to the Saskatchewan, we'll have to play around of golf, and uh, I guess we'll play uh, straight up, uh, you and I. No caps. Um, <laughs> From the ladies. Yeah. So, I'm curious. Okay, I'll give you six. Six. <laughs> oh, so you're twelve now. Okay, <laughs> I'm curious. Like, uh, obviously, I mean, I'd assume you like curling. I mean, you, you you like Benny, and you also do. I believe you covered some of the curling with Bob Weeks. Um, yeah, what's your curling background? Bob Weeks covered the curling with me. Okay, why don't we just get that? Straight? Okay, sorry. Um, all right, let's get that straight. No, I'm just kidding. I love Bobby. Um. So when I, I actually put off, um, I put off my chemotherapy and going to the hospital the second time, uh, I was telling you guys, I played junior at Lloyd Minster and we made provincials, but the, really? the rule was that I had to actually call into the radio station and give reports of our team, Taylor Field's team. I was the third. Uh, we lost every game. Uh, we <laughs> did not win one game of provincials, but, uh, it was cool that, you know, I did get to play in one and. There was some pretty good uh, curlers in that uh, provincials. Uh, and one was Mark Kennedy. One was Carter Rycroft, who happened to go to a couple Olympics. So uh, I played. I was pretty good, like many thousands of years ago. But um, uh, I miss it. I got to go do a sweep and swing uh, tour in Scotland with Cheryl Bernard. We played um, Carnoustie one day and curled at the Fauterford Curling Club the next day. Um, and that was awesome. That, uh, that's the last time... I think I've curled. I just, I just literally with my hab schedule and the TSN curling schedule, I, I'm if I have a night or two at home during a, like a, a week or a month, like I just want to like chill. So I love curling. I miss it. I, I played Super League in Edmonton for a year. We actually won the first men's Super League title at the uh, Salvo Community Sports Center in Edmonton. And the next year, all the good teams showed up. And I think at last check, our banner was behind the air conditioner. And now I've been told the banner's actually totally gone. And in someone's basement, one of my my teammates, they just totally eliminated us from the building. So, okay, so I'm not going to say TSN analyst or covering or, or whatever. I'm just going to ask this straight up: How are the World Juniors? You tell me what you do for the World Juniors. So the World Juniors, I used to actually be the uh, I would be the host. I would host the secondary games. So Duffy would do the Canada games in their pool and i would do the other pool whether it be sweden russia games or you know belarus and so i did that for about eight years i started calling um so play by play is what i do the analysts are the guys who played before so like mike johnson and dave poolin would be craig butner my analysts for the habs on tsn um so i kind of got my start with play by play hockey anyways uh, i called a couple of like Telus, like Telus Cups and some Hockey Canada, like AAA, like the Women's Midget Nationals and the Junior A guys, and that was kind of my foot in the door. And then I got to call the U18s. Um, so these are all the draft-eligible kids in Switzerland in 2015. And to give you an indication of, like, the, obviously the star power, that year in a gold medal game, it was USA-Finland. Well, the United States had Austin Matthews and yeah. Clayton Keller, Colin White against um, uh, Sebastian Ajo and Patrick Laine and Jesse Pugliarvi. And that year, an underager named Nico Heischer nearly got Switzerland into the gold medal game. Yeah, so, so these are the kids that are, like, they're the studs. Like, they are, and it's, it's actually, guys, on Mod just saying this, it's probably my favorite tournament of the year. 
Like it is, it's awesome because you meet the families, you get to know these youngsters, and um, like Matthew Barzell, he's he was in Switzerland for Canada, great player. Uh, Islanders drafted him and Beauvillier both in the first round that year, and I and I got to know Matt a little bit while he was there, and I happened to cover the men's World Hockey Championship the next year in Denmark. And I haven't seen him since, right? And I happened to stroll in to take Reimer Shog, went to do some play-by-play. I moved to Herning, uh, which home of Freddie Anderson, Leafs goalie. So we're in Herning, and I'm doing some reporting for Team Canada. And I said, give me some of the rookie guys, or like the younger guys that haven't got a lot of camera time. It was an off day to get some sound. So I, and, and so I said, yeah, I get Matt Barzell, and I think it was uh, Thomas Shabbat and somebody else. And Matt's like, oh, hey, uh, Muddy, I only see you in Europe. How's it going? And I'm like, whoa. Like, you know what I mean, though? So, like, you, yeah. get, you get to know these young men, and, and it's like, you, you you know, you get to know them a bit and their families. And I thought that was really cool, man. Rookie of the year. You know, remembers who I, like, me from Boyle. You know, so that's kind of cool, you know. like, uh, and, and you get to know these young guys, and next thing you know, they're, they're a stud of the NHL. It's uh, and I and you know what you get to know them and you root for those players, right? Like, you know, there's there's uh, there's another young guy I love, Ty uh, Delandria. He's a Dallas Stars draft yeah. pick, played for Flint when they were awful, and uh, what a kid! There there's a kid that could have a C someday. I I hope he makes it. I hope he uh, just salt of the earth kid. So I'm just curious, quickly, obviously on, on the World Junior Talk, uh, how hard are those names to pronounce? I mean, like, are you guys studying those names for months in advance? Or I mean, I mean, I, I guess Team Canada's not picked until you know, two days before the t- uh, tournament. But, I mean, yeah, like some, some of those European names. You just, you know what, the, bet, uh, the best thing I've done, at least for the under-18s, I haven't called play-by-play for the World Juniors. I've done the, I've done hosting, but I've never done the play-by-play. That's always Dennis Bayak and um, Gordon Miller. But at the U18s, which is my baby and I love it, you, you make friends with the, the other media from other countries. And it's the best way, right? So if I got Finland... I, I, I know the Finland reporter. I'll pull him aside and say, hey, how do you say this? Like, I loved when I went to Montreal, which is my team, and Jesperi Kotkaniemi was taken third overall, and, and people were questioning, like, I was pronouncing his name wrong. Well, I called him winning the gold medal in Russia two years before you guys even knew who he was. Like, so I laughed because I'm, I was getting ripped on social media at some, at some point. Like, oh, yeah, Mutra can't even say his name properly. I'm like, have you ever talked to him? Have you been in the dressing room? Have you asked him how to pronounce his name? And it's like, I just love how everyone's a hero, though, right, sometimes. So, anyways, it's just work. It's just you put the work in, right? Like, uh, and I love it. I'm passionate about it. And and to me, that U18, that's my Stanley Cup final, man. Like, it's I want I want to do the best I can. The least you can do is put the effort in to find out how to pronounce these kids' names. Yeah. Right. So, you know, doing the job that you do day in, day out, being a sports broadcaster, which a lot of people, I think, would love to do, uh, who in their top respective sports, big name players, have you got to interview or meet? Uh, yeah, like I, I meets a stretch because I don't know if they like you know meeting them is kind of they'd have to sort of know who you are. Um, I mean I've been lucky. I've I've uh, I mean Tom Brady, Derek Jeter, LeBron James, um. Jack Nicholas, when he was, I worked in Winnipeg. He was there uh, at a 2000 Canadian seniors, and I'll never forget it. I would have been like 21 years old or 20, and and the the, the rule is, it's just it's a known rule. Like you never ever ask for an autograph as a media. You just don't. You don't. And I'll never forget Jack finished talking, and I swear, like 10 guys walked over and asked for his autograph or to get his picture. To there, and I'm like, <laughs> wow. But it, it's also Jack Nicholas. I. I went after, I saw these guys doing it, and I just went, and I just said, uh, I said, 
Mr. Nicholas, it's very nice to meet you. And I just shook his hand. So that was cool. Um, for me, one of the ones that will always stand out, and it's just because uh, just he's such a classy guy. Uh, so 2015 uh, was my first World Men's Championships, uh, doing play-by-play and reporting. That was in Prague, Czech Republic. And that was, I don't know if you guys follow the men's world, but that was the yep. dream team. Sidney Crosby captain. You had Taylor Hall, Jordan Eberle, Brent Burns, Tyler Sagan. I mean, they were loaded. Uh, yeah. Mike Smith, that he's such a good stick handler with a puck, man. He could go out. Like Canada didn't, didn't lose a game. They beat Ovechkin and, and Russia in the gold medal game. If you'll remember, that's the one they took off before the anthem was played, um, the Canadian national anthem. Anyways, so here's Crosby. You know, I interviewed him over the boards for the final. You know, you got to know those guys. Um, I remember the young, like like Duchesne and O'Reilly, and um, they were young uh, abs players, and, and we were stuck. Something happened. I didn't have a camera, and I, and I talked to J.J. Hubert, the PR guy. I'm like, I'm like, I'm desperate, dude. Will anybody willing to come out? And those three, and those uh, those guys, Nate McKinnon, those three guys came out and talked to me. Like, just, yeah, no problem. And, and it was like... I think over there, there's, there's, it's just a little different. It's a little more relaxed, and I, I, you know, met like got to know some guys a little bit better. Uh, Tyler Sagan was ripping me for my sandal shorts look one day, um, but then so so the cool story to wrap it up. So Crosby's a captain. He wins gold. That means he's now part of the triple gold club, which means he's won an Olympic gold medal, a world yes. championship gold, and a Stanley Cup. So this is I'm telling you, about an hour and twenty minutes after. So they they've been on the ice. They had some champagne in the dressing room. They had a, you know, whatever. He gets pulled into a room with Renee Fassell, and he actually gets, I, I have this photo on my phone to this day. He gets his ring, and there's only me, my TSN camera guy, and a camera crew from the IHF. And, and here's Crosby, still with his skates on, getting the ring. And I'm like, whoa, I'm in this room right now. This is wild. And then after that, we haven't even interviewed Sid yet. Like, we haven't even had a chance to get in the hoopla. And I, and I said, Sidney, can we please get a one-on-one? And JJ's like, Brian... Like, and I don't even blame JJ. He's like, he's had enough, dude. Crosby's like, you know what? Brian's been here all tournament every day. No problem. I'm like, wow. Wow, that's like, cool. So, yeah, like, so just like, you know, and that's stuff that just resonates with me. Um, my same buddy, Steve, who who is his daughter just had his 16th birthday. And just to tell you the class, so my golf pro at Summit in Toronto is Ian Leggett, who is very lovely man and very well known. He won on the PGA Tour. He's my a golf professional. At my club, and uh, and he tech he reached out to Sid, and Sid sent Steve's daughter Lauren a personalized video. Happy 16th birthday, Lauren! I know this is tough. I uh, just want to send you the best uh, from here in Pittsburgh. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, whoa! Like you know, yeah, just awesome. Um, it's not it's not always guys like you know when my brother passed away and the two his two nephews, I have two nephews, his two boys, and uh, Brendan Gallagher did a bit. He didn't have to, and I didn't know he was doing it. He did a video wishing them both Merry Christmas. I mean, there's just That's stuff awesome. that always will stick out with you, like Carrie Price and, and the stuff that he's done behind the scenes. And, and not, I feel like I'm rambling, Troy, but I got one more awesome one. I have to tell this one. So I was asked about my best moment of my first season with the Habs. And there were some great games and some awesome moments. Uh, my favorite one, though, by far. So there's a young guy named Sam Smith, and he got to skate with the Habs and scoring Carrie Price. And he was like, he's fighting cancer. Yeah. Um, right. So I remember seeing, and he had Hodgkin's lymphoma, the cancer I had. And I remember seeing this online on the on the half Twitter. So I just retweeted. And I said, Sam, I said, Sam, you're a wicked dude. Like you're my hero. Congrats, and you know that's awesome. You scored on Price or kind of thing. Whatever I wrote. I, and right. 
So that night, uh, me and Mike Johnson are calling a game. So his parents are huge Leafs fans, but he loves the Habs. Like he's, I, I don't know how it works in families. So the Habs guy, PR guy says, hey, Brian, Sam is here. Do you want to meet him? And I'm in the broadcast booth getting ready to call the game at the Bell Center. I'm like, absolutely. So he comes in. I introduce myself. He meets Mike. I meet his parents. He sits in the chair. I put on the headphones. I'm explaining to him like how you call the game and all my notes here and whatever. And we look over. He looks over the ice, and it's a crazy cool view. The Bell Center is epic for broadcasting views. It's the best. So chat with him, and next thing you know, 15 minutes gone by, and and I and I said, Sam, can I get a photo with you? He's like, Oh yeah, sure. Like he's Hollywood now, right? I loved it. So I get a photo with him. <laughs> And I said, you know what, Sam, I had your cancer, and look at me, man. I'm an old man now, so you're going to be awesome, and you're going to beat this thing. And his mom and dad are in tears, right? Like, they're just like, whoa. And that meant more to me than that, you know, it meant more to me to do that than probably for that young guy. And, uh, and that is the highlight probably of my of my probably of my broadcasting career. It's right up there. It was, it was really cool. I'd applaud that with a golf clap, but we don't have that sound effect yet. Okay, <laughs> so Brian, I have a two-part question here for you. Um, how about Brendan Gallagher's uh, acting skills on TikTok? I don't have TikTok, but I've seen it. And two, how bad is that uh, goal horn in Montreal? Uh, I am so number. So I mean, Gallagher will always have. Uh, I mean, just the way he plays, how he competes, how he never takes a shift off, and the. And I mean the the punishment that that guy takes, and how hard. I mean, his dad is is a is a trainer and trains. I think the the Giants as well out west, and so he works out with his dad. Like for that kid to be what five foot nine, and uh, you know, he just almost, a pit bull. He have, if he wouldn't have got exactly, if he wouldn't have got injured with a concussion when Sherrod hit him, he would he would he would have probably went thirty thirty thirty, like thirty goals in three consecutive seasons. Like, yeah. And then, of course, the season. And he still might have. Who am I to say? I mean, he'd have to go on a run. But anyways, um, he's always in the room, willing to stand up and talk, loss, win, usually a smile on his face. Um, so the so Brendan Gallagher, the person, is is top top drawer, um, 10 out of 10. And, yeah, the TikTok's great. I mean, but, I mean, he's, he's a funny dude, right? And he's competitive. And, uh, and the goal horn, I – and I'm not just saying this. You're so in the zone. Like I don't even I don't even notice that stuff. To be honest, the yeah. the only one that bugs me and it actually annoys me is the cannon in Columbus. Like oh. I pray to have the most. Like it's um. And I remember I went to the All Star game as a fan with my brother at the time, like uh, before he passed, and our uh, his oldest boy. And they would they fired the cannon off after every goal in the All Star game. <laughs> it was like eighteen seventeen. It's like okay, like holy man, like. So that's probably the only uh, the only thing I don't really enjoy after a goal. Okay, off to our segment now. Uh, questions from the gallery, sponsored by Player Golf. Be sure to use the promo code Off the Hosel fifteen for fifteen percent off of your orders. That's Off the Hosel fifteen for fifteen percent off of your orders. Alrighty, Brian. Uh, favorite place to golf? Um. Oh man. Like course or just area or. Well, not indoor golf, so yeah. I mean, outside. Right? What's your favorite, not, favorite course to play? No, no, I meant like, <laughs> like not like, mini like golf Europe either. Links. Uh, oh, favorite place. Yeah, your like, style. Favorite place I have golf. Sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, Royal County Down. Okay. Second question. <laughs> we don't know what that is. <laughs> Brian. Brian Fitzpatrick. You know where Royal County Down is? It's like the number one course in the world, boys. Come on, Ireland. Rory McIlroy country. We don't got Mudrick money. 
Yeah. It's just, it's not the money. You just got to get there. It's, uh, and I don't have Mudrick money up there. <laughs> so. Well, that might lead up to the second question here. This one comes from Brian Fitzpatrick. He wants to know what's the craziest story about the legend Vic Router. Craziest story. See, Vic, I don't know if I even have a crazy story, but the one thing that's cool about Vic, so Vic and I are like ships in the night, right? Like I do the morning draws and then, I, I do some reporting, and then he's the, like, we actually don't see each other a lot during an event. But one thing I will say about Vic, he is way funnier than you might think. Like, he's actually got a really wry, pretty good sense of humor that he'll he'll fire some zingers like every now and then. And you're like, <laughs> it's like, um, but he's he's the consummate he's the consummate professional, right? Um, so I, I I joke with Vic one time, and I it's more because I have an awful sense of humor, but I. I, I said to Vic, I'm like, you could make millions. I said, just just go with me here. Think about this. You could make millions if, if like, imagine there's, there's a room with some nice music, there's flowers in the background, and there's a casket there, and Vic saunters into the room and goes, hello, Canada, when you're ready to make the final destination, and then he knocks on the, the, the you know, the casket, uh, come to Router Funeral Home, so I can make the final, anyways, and he sort of stared at me as like, you're an idiot, anyway, so I thought that was like a pretty good, like, advertisement career path later on, like, Router Funeral Homes, make the final destination, anyways. Uh, this is a common question, too, people want to know, uh, any good stories from uh, your Benny Hebe's uh, inquiries, I guess that's the correct word? Benny, good stories about Benny? Yeah. Oh man, um, the best ones you can never really talk about. Um, yes, you can. Benny Heath story. I just remember Benny at one of my golf tournaments. Um, I, I just remember looking. I forget. Like so, he was with a team, obviously the, the celebrity with four fifty uh, auctioned off. And I remember, I think I was going down the par five fifth, and I think he was going up seventh, and I could see him. And I'm pretty sure he was just rocking a speedo, walking up the fairway. And I'm like, wow, all right. Um, and it may not have been him i can't confirm or deny but it might have been him okay brian mudrick james duffy gord miller darren titian all on the same course playing together what happens next uh a golf course (laughs) yes okay well you have to be specific with these types of questions uh, also, you also you also did the intro too, so yeah, I may, may as well just fire back at us now. It's perfect. Yeah, I would say uh, what happens next. I would assume we're having a good time. That's probably what's happening next. I'm assuming a beer and maybe a bottle of wine. Uh, yeah, I would assume a good time after that. No one's getting out of control. Everyone's hitting it past the ladies' tees. No dick outs. Uh, I've golfed a Dutch. I golf with Dregs, Duffy. Um, I would take all their money. I would actually I'm quite confident. I would take uh, the only person at TSN that would worry me is uh, is O Dog, who's really good. O'Neal. Um, yeah. If yeah. I had to give him strokes, like if it was like not straight up, Dave Poulin is just a bulldog around the greens. Pooley's good. Uh, I could beat him straight up though, but like if I'm given strokes, but like. Yeah, so I would say O-Dog. I mean, six handicaps pretty good. There's not, And I golf a ton in the summertime, right? I think Rod Black used to be a, a pretty good player. I don't know where where he plays to now, but I like my chances. So I, I asked James the same question here. Have you ever been to the Bob Father's Cabin? No, 
I just unless you can count uh, on Instagram, then no, I have not been. Nor have I been invited. I might have to like do a Navy SEAL operation, invite myself. I know, I know Sean well. Maybe Sean will invite me up. I'll be his like his plus two. So Jared wants to know what's the craziest thing you've seen so far in your broadcasting career, like fan wise, like out in the crowd. Uh, well, the, one of the coolest things, and it's just, well, there's a couple. I mean, I mean, the building, calling curling in Vancouver in Canada, the building, you, it, it was insane. It was so loud. I don't care if it was a 9 a.m. draw. It was awesome. And that's something I'll never forget. Um, one thing, too, that really strikes me that was just, will always stick with me that same Czech Republic world championship in 2015. That was the final year that Yammer Yager was going to compete internationally for the Czech Republic. And, um, so I called a game with Ray Ferraro and Jager scored two goals, had an assist the whole place. So O2 arena holds about 17,000 everyone. And I'm not exaggerating. Everyone was jumping and chanting like a soccer game. <laughs> and it was like, insane and like everyone i don't know what there was more of the pilsner beer or yager jerseys and <laughs> and the other the other funny part to that so it was so like it was so surreal calling that game he didn't talk to the media all week for whatever reason check media us just he just didn't and, and it's not like you can walk into the room and the world is a different beast where there's a there's like a media access it's like a media mix zone and you got to kind of wait and as they walk by you can ask the PR people, and Team Canada, they're great because you know all the players, but sometimes it's hit or miss unless you know, like if Thomas Tatar was walking through, I could, hey, Thomas. Thomas Tatar. You could, yeah, right? You could grab him. Like, Tatuna, like, Tatar. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Great guy, by the way. He's awesome. So, so uh, we, my, Dean Willers, my camera guy, I mean, we worked, and it's, don't get me wrong, it's great, and I love the job, but it is long, long days. Like, you are... You're basically at the rink for nine, and if you're lucky, we're back to the hotel by nine, and then you grab the meal, maybe a couple beers, and you go to bed and do it all over again. Like it's because even if Team Canada is not playing, you still got to go cover their skate or get some sound, and then you're covering, or maybe I'm calling play by play that that two games. So, anyways, we're sitting at a restaurant, uh, and we found out later Yager was co-owner of it, and we haven't like we we were actually talking about how Yager, oh, we haven't interviewed him, would be great to get him. (laughs) We sort of look up. Who blows right by us and stares at us and actually makes eye contact and says, hey guys, Yammer Yager walks right <laughs> by us into his restaurant. Clearly he had a table in the, like somewhere in the back roped off. And he's like, I, and I looked at Willers, Dean, he looked at me and we're just like, you got to be kidding me. That was pretty funny. That was just a surreal, weird, uh, weird one. Okay, so uh, I want to know how many suits do you have and own? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Obviously you own them, sorry. If I had them, that would be, yeah. That could get suspect if I'm just, I have suits, but I don't own them. That could get me in trouble. That'd be a tuck, sorry, my bad. I don't know why I said, and own them. That'd be off the hosel, if I'm not mistaken oh. there. Um, yes. Plug in the show yeah. name, love it. Trademark. You're the third guest. Uh, yeah, honest, honestly, I don't even know. You know what? I haven't worn a suit since March, what was day was that, 9th? And I haven't, I have, I'm lucky to shower. I haven't shaved. I haven't got a haircut. <laughs> I, I saw your plug. Instagram uh, live the other day. Just growing the beard out. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I love the photo. You guys are, like, people are repping me. Oh, join Brian Mudrick on <laughs> this Instagram or this chat. And I'm like, guys, at least post a photo of what I really look like right now. Like, let's go for it. Why are we, like, photoshopping some old weird shots offline? Let's go. 
Let's go off the dark web here. Let's get a real photo. We're trying to keep our viewership and, up, eh? Well, you know, but listen, Sasky, don't don't people like the the, the rugged kind of look a little bit? What are you no? trying to say? Manitoba, Winnipeg. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm from the prairies. I'm not trying to say anything. Uh, I probably got, I don't know, 15. I give a lot of them away. Like, I, you know, I'll, I'll give them to, um, there's a charity uh, that I think, is it not Tip Top, Morris. Morris. You can donate. Oh, oh no, no free ads. No free ads there, Brian. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. A suit company. They don't even sponsor me. I'm, I'm giving it away. Oh, okay. They're not and sponsoring us either, so. Well, maybe they'll hear this. Here okay, you're right. Moors. And then you'll get a sponsor. Anyways. Because um, you got to look good on these phone calls, right? Let them make sure you look fresh. <laughs> okay, so this is the last question from questions from the gallery. Describe your golf game in five words or less. Swing hard, Chardonnay. That, that's three. You said or less. Oh, oh okay. that's Troy. Yeah, most people do the five, but okay. He's a hard time counting. It's all good. I'm efficient. <laughs> well, Brian, this has been awesome, man. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, we'd love to have you on again at some point. And yeah, this has been awesome. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Uh, keep your chin up. And uh, Troy, congrats, man. I wish you all the best on ringing the bell and. Uh, yeah, way, way to go. Keep your chin up. I know that's an awful fight, so uh, good on you, man, and, and thanks, guys. It was fun. I'll tag you on Twitter when I'm ringing the bell. Uh, you know, that'd be awesome. I, I think that's that's wicked. I will ring a bell for you, probably with a nice uh, bottle of wine, or uh, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll toast you, man. That's awesome news. Thanks a lot. Right on. Take care, Brian. You guys, too. Cheers. Take care. Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns, catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18, 24, 36 can packs. Coors Light, made to chill. Alrighty, there it is, the interview with Sarah Winter and Brian Mudrick. Two great interviews. I hope everyone enjoyed those. Uh, I don't know how much a recap we can do on that one, Troy. It's the... Uh, pretty self-explanatory if they listened yeah you're right troy it was a lot of fun and thanks uh, both of them for coming on the show and troy i know you have some uh, quick notes here for all our listeners so go ahead yeah i just wanted to remind all our listeners if they want to get in on this candle lake ultimate unlimited golf package it's uh, 30 bucks a spot click on the link below go see our friends at hook line and sinker and uh get in on this one because she's she's a beautiful trip yeah it's a uh, no-brainer we mentioned off the top uh the podcast earlier um, but we're only saying that because we think that it's a, a steal of a deal. And uh, Just to cut you off, Drew, make sure to check it out on Facebook, Off the Hosel. Check out our Twitter and Instagram pages at underscore Off the Hosel. The link will be at the bottom of the, all three posts. Yeah. Uh, no, don't apologize for cutting me off there. I probably would have forgot about that, but I won't forget about this today. Be sure to sub- subscribe and rate us. We need those subscribes and rates. So, uh, I don't know. We, we want to go to number one, baby. We want to be number one. So, uh, always, Troy, this has been a pleasure. Likewise, uh, brother. Likewise. So, you take care. And Enjoy everyone it. listening today, have a great Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever day it is. Have a great rest of your week, weekend. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. See you guys. See ya.